If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Softweb Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Army Ranger and Green Beret, Jack Murphy. Good riddance. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. Marine Scout Sniper, Jason Delgado. It's just something we're believing. I associate that with taste buds. I like freaking chocolate chip mint. Why is this flavor boring? Because his whole life is boring. But whatever. And now, here's your co-host and producer of this operation, Ian Scottell. Softrip.com, on time, on target. Uh, I still get excited hearing the new intro and the new imaging. And Jason Delgado in studio with me, as usual. Yes. I, don't, I don't know where Jack... Jack, yeah. actually, I posted a picture on Instagram. Uh, for those wondering where he is, the man is all over the globe. I saw that. Is that a where is he now type he picture? Is in Serbia. <laughs> and and he's got his honeymoon coming up in India. So the funny thing... He's not is, on his honeymoon now? What the hell? I, I guess not. But the funny thing with him... Um, and I think I've told you is he'll be like, he's already saying we got to get this guy on. He's giving me like a million guests. I'm like, dude, just tell me when you can come in studio because until you come in studio, it's ja- it's Jason Delgado and, and myself. Uh, you know, especially for his guests, you know, it kind of it's it's like at the tattoo shop. You know, we don't want to snake your clients. If you're referring the guy to be a guest, you probably are more intrigued into of a specific thing that you want to discuss with them and stuff. You know, I would do it. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm always the one to rise to an occasion, but I think it'll probably be more comfortable if your your personal guests get to see you. You know, that's probably what the whole arrangement was. Yeah, I feel the same way as you. And and oftentimes Jack is not into interviewing the guy who has like the big memoir out. Like to mm. him, Rob O'Neill is not as interesting as he is to you and I. Okay. But he'll have some academic on like Dan Green, um, you know, who's also a veteran. Yeah. But, but he's like this is fascinating. So what he finds, yeah, everybody just has different things that they're into. Yeah, and no, I group you out a lot, you know. <laughs> I go for the popular ones. I, uh, I'm i trying to think of some, who, who you would say, like, I groupied out for, to use that language. Yeah. Of, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think of someone that I've met here that I was like, holy shit, this is huge. I mean, having Buzz Aldrin on, that wasn't in person. Oh, that man. That was a big one. Buzz Aldrin? Dude, that, I don't think I would know how to act. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah, the fact that, like, you're interviewing one of the first men to land on the moon. Um, and then not only that, I believe he went on He went on to, like, do expeditions and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Come on. That, and, like, why? I just want to ask him why. Because I'm a big, you know, ancient alien theorist as well. You know what I mean? Or I subscribe to uh, that way of thinking. And I just want to know is did that, did that actually lead him to – was that whole experience of looking at the earth from – that point of view was that what led you to believe that there's more out there and you know you can probably find evidence through expeditions in that you know i don't know i mean, I, I just want to know what was in his head yeah we got to have him back on um hopefully uh so episode 301 uh we have some emails to get to the first thing that that i was wondering um if you want to get into was you know unfortunate news but the four marines Terrible. killed that uh 
Camp Pendleton, and you sent me over an article yeah. about it. I know you were reading up on it. So. Yeah, I mean, there's very little out there right now. Um, the Marine Corps, in and of itself, contacted the family. I mean, it was they all perished together. So um, these are EOD technicians. Um, from what I read, it was very little in the article, but from what I read, they were at a um, at an impact area on a range, or the impact area of a. a, a the uh, there, we have facilities on our bases that are sure. just a, a ton of ranges like back to back with each other, and they all share the same impact area. So if it's like you know mortars or artillery or you know what have you, things that just go boom. So what the EOD technicians um, other duties entail aside from you know dismantling bombs and all this other stuff, they go out to the impact areas and they explode unexploded ordnances, UXOs we call them, and they do it through sympathetic detonations. Um, they have 50 caliber um, rifles, scoped rifles, the Sassers, MA283s, or 107s. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they have that nowadays. It might be something more current. You know, I've been out for a while. Um, they also have tricked out M14s, which are like DMR. They call them DMRs, and they actually shoot at the munitions and you know sympathetically explode them. And also, they also put uh, another charge on them, like some C4 or whatever, if it's something big. Um, so that is what I was assuming is going was going on at this time. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened in which all four of them perished at the same time. Mm. It was definitely no good. I mean, whatever it was, it was definitely terrible, terrible incident. And, you know, my heart goes out to their family members and, you know, rest easy, you know, killers. You'll see you, see you when we get to Valhalla, you know? Yeah. And all, um, late twenties to early thirties. So yeah, you got Miguel Ortiz of, uh, Vista, uh, a, of Vista, a Marine since 2006, um, Gunnery Sergeant Jay Mullins of Louisiana, um, 11-year-old Marine Corps veteran, 11-year Marine Corps veteran. Uh, 32-year-old Staff Sergeant Eric W. Summers of Missouri. Uh, he was with the Corps for 13 years. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess that's everybody, right? There, or is that just three there? There's um, Oh, yeah, and Staff Sergeant Matthew Marsh of Long Beach. I'm assuming that's Long Beach, California. Um, who'd been a Marine since 2003. So these are, you know, they're not older, but they're seasoned guys. Yeah, definitely seasoned. You know, we're talking about gunnies and staff sergeants, 11, 13 years. They knew their stuff. So whatever happened, you know, um, I'd like to see what came from it. You know, maybe we can learn something from it, you know, for the younger generation that comes in. They'll be able to, you know, learn from this mistake, you know, terrible, terrible incident. And, you know, sleep in peace, brothers. That's all I can say. Yeah, all said, man. Um we had a few emails, um, which I, you know, I read them all. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll get to just this one for right now, though, because I thought this was a good one. Um, but keep sending them, softrep.radio at softrep.com. Uh, I'll be honest. I, you know, I was talking to Jason about the emails before. I try to stay away from some of the, like, more political yeah. ones because it's funny. Like, if someone <clears throat> praises Trump on this podcast, you're going to get shit for it. If someone bashes Trump on this podcast, we get shit for it. But that's you know, good. That's and, good. And I get it. I, that's good because that means we have listeners on both sides of the do. fence. We that's do. awesome. Yeah. Can't ask for anything else. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think there's, we were talking about it before, probably right-leaning, mm-hmm. but there's there's certain people who, in particular, are like, when Derek comes on, they'll be like, wow, it's great to hear someone who's not on the right. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's great that we have a versatile um, listening base. And actually, speaking of which... It's really cool that we have like a really good amount of female listeners. Like people oh, always awesome. assume soft rep is all 
males, but this is an email from a female listener uh, from Tara. Uh, morning, guys. We've been recording these at night, so technically not morning. Uh, I just wanted to say I've been catching up with your podcasts, currently listening to episode 299, and I've been cracking up at the banter between all of you. Uh, keep up the awesome work. I have half a dozen tabs open at work to Google things you and your guests in previous clips have mentioned. Nice. Uh, she references uh, an hour and 36 into that episode, so I guess we said something that needed to be Googled. Um, by the way, looking forward to checking out that book, War and Conflict in Africa. So I guess that's her idea of what Derek should title his book. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, love the Aussie write-in comment that you shared on the air about Aussie Special Ops. Uh, thanks again. Sincerely, Tara. So, yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you, Tara. Appreciate yeah. it. And we appreciate all our listeners, whether you're liberal, conservative, female, male, Transgender. Yeah, I, gonna, I don't care. I was say transgender. <laughs> Got to throw it out there. We had Kristen Beck on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Kristen Beck is a listener. Hello. You know, <laughs> yeah, we, you know. We'll we'll li- we'll listen to and we'll interview anyone. You know, if you got something to say and it's worth people listening to it, yeah, why not? Absolutely. I mean, especially it's funny with like Kristen Beck. Anybody who's ever been like, why would you have Kristen on the podcast? Like SEAL Team Six, hello. Uh, you know, was instrumental in in the operations that killed Bin Laden. Like, wasn't there on the raid, but was a part of gathering the information that led to what Rob O'Neill and the other guys at Dev Crew did. Look, I'm not I'm not the type of person. To, and I'm not saying he fell from grace, but I'm not the type of person to forget so easily where a person came from or what they've done. The fact that this man was DevGrew, you know, like you guys can't even fathom what it, re- what it requires to, to be there and get there. You know what I mean? So yeah. respect. Respect is respect. You know, no matter what a person decides to do or become after the fact. You know, and that we were talking about that uh, just a few minutes ago um, in reference to the race thing, you know. Yeah. Where you you pretty much called it. You said, I, I feel as if you would relate more to whatever color veteran, combat veteran, than you would to just some random Puerto Rican guy. And, yeah, I agreed with you. That's 100% right there. Sure. That's definitely it. So, And that's because it's a mutual respect, and I can trust that person's you know upbringing within the military. You know what I mean? So, like I said, they're cut from the same cloth. Anyone that's done that, I respect tremendously, and from there they're going to have my ear. You know, so that was that was spot on, Ian. Yeah, I think even for myself, when I meet veterans now, especially if they're special ops veterans, Mm -hmm. like I have something to talk about. I have some background uh, in their world. And like to me, that's those type of things are more important than what your skin color is, you know, what country of origin your family's from. I mean, it's I at the same time, you know, you often talk about it, like be proud of who you are. Yes. And no not? matter what you come out, you should be proud of, of who you are, I think. Um, yeah, but don't, but don't, that doesn't define you. Yeah, don't let no one chase you away from, from being proud of your lineage. Yeah. If you're white and you're Irish or German or whatever the hell you are, be proud of that. You know, I'm not going to hate on you for being pr- a proud white American. I'm not going to hate on you for being a proud black American. I'm not going to hate on you for being a proud Puerto Rican, Mexican, whatever. Be proud of your lineage. Let it live on. I mean, that's what makes this country so beautiful. You know, we have a a, a tremendous amount of different colors within our fabric, you know, and without that, I don't know where we would be. You know, I think, yeah. Which I was going to say transitions kind of beautifully into another thing we were talking about, uh, like with the current climate, you're supposed to feel uh, guilty if you're a man. Oh my you know, God! Yeah, with the amount of allegations coming out, and as, as we both said, it's some of lot. these some of these are very serious. I think the problem is 
when you equate, you know, something that made you uncomfortable with being raped, being mm-hmm. violently assaulted. Like there's, there's layers of, uh, of, you know, what people are talking about and coming out about. And the thing is, it's like, there's two sides to every story and I'll be the one to say it because I ain't famous. I don't, I don't got nothing to lose. I really don't. So the truth is I also know just like there are creepy freaking men out there that are child molesters, pedophiles, you know, which is the same, um, you know, perverts, you know, guys that will, you know, sexually assault a woman. I mean, there's terrible, there's, there's terrible guys out there. There, there are, but on the other side of that coin, they're probably terrible women, too, that are vindictive. I'm going to say it. Why not? Why can't we look at it with both eyes open? Why do we always have to automatically stray away once, once someone is accused of something of the sort? I mean, the, the best example of that would be, and I have a little bit of a connection here. I went to you know, middle school and part of high school with one of the Duke lacrosse uh, uh, you know, mm, alleged rapists. Yeah. And it turned out the whim- the woman was exactly what you're describing. You know, th- the guy who I knew, Colin Finnerty, wasn't even there when the whole thing went down. And I'm sure she named them. And yeah. it was when she gave her account, it was vivid. It was uh, an emotional, uh, a detail- detailed account. And then she murdered a guy. Yeah. So, you know, I think everyone needs to calm down unless you felt as if you heard enough of the the... the hearsay to make that decision right then and there but you know a lot of these guys that are being accused of this these sexual assaults like their careers are pretty much being drugged through the mud right now well the one that that got you pretty pissed was the louis ck the louis ck one can you just give us a little background on that yeah i mean i i heard about the whole new york times piece and you know Obviously, what he did is completely inappropriate because it was with people in the same profession and that type of thing. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, I mean, the biggest one of which, you know, that came out in the New York Times was him masturbating on these two girls. But, you know, I'm not trying to excuse it. But the fact is, like, as you said, they didn't try to leave the room in, in what they wrote. They... So hold they on. didn't make any attempt to leave, and and they're coming out years and years and years later. And to me, it's just like equating this with a violent rapist or something of that nature, or what Kevin Spacey did of you know people underage. Like I do think that there's a, a big difference. Yeah. Is, is so just my it's point. like all right. So they accused him of basically pulling out his member, his meat. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, I know, but you know, it's it's like uh, whatever, it's pulling out his meat and you know, whacking off on both of them in a hotel room. So the thing is, these two women apparently they got to open up for Louis C. Clark or whatever during a comedy show, and they were like so elated. Oh my God, Louis C. Clark, that's great. Whatever, you know, this has been my dream. After the fact, they uh, he invited them to the hotel room. They said the bars were closed, so why not? They wanted to have a nightcap and celebrate their you know their yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, he print out the whole article, but yeah. that's it. So then uh, Louis C. Clark, you know, lets him in the room, and they said it took damn near no time at all. He comes out and openly, you know, says, hey, you guys mind if I jerk <laughs> off on you guys? And they didn't, in the article, they didn't mention whether they said yes or no or they, from Ill, what they said, they, they thought he was joking, so they, they kind of okay, laughed. Okay, they, so they, they laughed. Yeah, you could time. only laugh for so long, though. Apparently, yeah, exactly. they said he started taking off his clothes and got completely naked at what point are you are you staring at this fucking overweight guy 
getting completely naked and say to yourself, shit is getting weird. Yeah, I might leave, leave <laughs> you know, and still stay there to the point where his penis gets erect. He starts stroking it and then he busts a load on not one, but two of you guys standing there like you fucking strength in numbers, fool. Why are you not going to get up, say ill, throw something at him and storm out of the room? No, but you stood there and you took it. That's that's your that's their claim. And then in the article, they stopped right there. They didn't say whether the ladies accepted it, whether no, they say, they yeah, the whether they were looking like baby birds with their mouths open, nothing. They didn't say any of that. And then they go straight into a woman that uh, accused him of beating off to her voice on the phone. And she says it sounded as if he was jerking off and she was pretty much 100% sure. So that's they jumped right into that scenario. And all I'm saying is, man, he could... He, he, all right, fuck it. He didn't go on a treadmill because he fat as fuck. But you know what I mean? <laughs> but he could have been tired. I don't know. It's hearsay. But still, maybe he was beating off. But yeah. it's not sexual assault. You could have hung up the phone and vice versa uh, to the other two baby birds. You could have got up and walked out. You well, know what so I mean? So he, he apologized. And, you know, apparently his stuff is, is now canceled everywhere. That's what's fucked up. I mean, yeah. he asked. Didn't he ask, hey, can I beat off on you girls? And then proceeded to beat off. So there must have been a wink, a nod. Silence is consent. Fuck, I know, dude. All I know is they stood there. Yeah, it's it, it's know? a really weird scenario. I I don't think he deserves to have his career completely no. shut down over this. But that's that looks like He's where hilarious. it is. And some and people it's are because freaky. like this is kind of yeah, he definitely is freaky. That this is like the new trend. And uh, uh, you know, and as we said before, it's not to downplay people who are real victims of yes. sexual assault. Which you know, I could understand if they were traumatized by this, they didn't make the right decision, but. I don't see it in the same light as like a real a rape, pedophilia, as you said. Like those are very serious issues that need to be addressed, as you were saying, yes. the stuff Corey Feldman's talking about. Like so. Corey Feldman, man. That one right there, like I, I'm a big fan of Dr. Oz. I, I and man, I just love listening to Dr. Oz. He's a cool dude, down earth New Yorker, super successful. Anyway, just I love I love listening to him. And when he put Corey Feldman on and he started talking about what he talked about. I just felt like, yeah, this kid is like this guy, this man, this grown man, he's older than me, is really kicking the truth because he has no, what the hell? I mean, he's a psycho. And it, it kind of leads into what happened to him as a child. Like, how do you cope with that? How do you deal with that? Of course, you're going to be uh, overly sexually active. Of course, you're going to have, you know, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, monogamy issues. You know, you're going to you're going to be a psycho, especially after you've been, you know, you know, diddled by two grown ass nasty men. You know, and as a child, you know, your your trust has been betrayed. And to, to go past that line, I don't think there's coming any coming back from that. But what he did was. Yeah, it's past the uh, limit of uh, of um, statue yeah. statue of limitations. It's past that, but he's coming out. He's coming yeah. out, and and it, it's not. People are like, "Oh, why is he coming out now?" Because it's past the statue of limitations. Because these motherfuckers are still alive, and he people was talking need to about know their it names. before this, though. He was, you know, and he got, got kind of laughed off, and that's bullshit. And yeah. you know, I think that's bullshit. And I think Doctor Oz really did what he had to do and take charge of it. And he even ran the investigation, kept pushing it, you know, to the point where now at least we know of uh, to this moment of two pedophiles that are still out there and you know on on the lamb or whatever they're doing because they're on the run you know one of them is scott warrants and the other one i think lives in canada or some shit but you know these are two pedophiles that are out there that now people know their name and know how they look so if they're around your children beware and yeah. that he did great by them you know or by that you yeah. know so 
good on yeah, you. Yeah, you are right that that it's going to affect the rest of your life. I mean, the other example I think of of like a guy who's had these public outbursts that seem kind of weird, and, and I know you're a hip-hop fan, is like Busy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah. He was molested by some guy, and like that's why you hear about these like blow-ups at radio stations where he, he's allegedly like high on crack or something like that. That's hard and, to cope you know, with. I could only rambling imagine. Rambling and, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that has to have some effect on it, you know? I can only imagine. That's probably a terrible thing to have to close your eyes at night, relive that in your mind, wake up and say, holy shit, it wasn't a nightmare. This shit was my life. Yeah. That's and, terrible, And man. it plays into what we've talked about. I really... Like I've said on the podcast with Nick, I know the person. Um, I don't know when he's going to be more public about oh, it yeah, maybe yeah, come yeah. on the podcast. The whole like, VA situation. Yeah, there was a guy who I've met before, um, you know, who's a friend to many guys at the site, who this older doctor or this older guy at the VA, I don't think he's an actual doctor, started, like, asking touch this guy's genitals for, like, far longer than he should have been. And this guy was like, Dude, the, the creepers are on, man? And, and at the end... He decided, like, I'm going to take action. And, you know, when people hear about this and have these, like, stereotypes of the guys who, you know, quote, allow this to go on, like, dude, this is a tough guy mm-hmm. who, who gets into bar fights and shit. Like, he's not a guy that you'd want to fuck with, but it, it happened to him, you know? And and luckily, he's he came out and, and did something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know at what point he's going to maybe, like, come on the show. I'd love to have him on. He's, you know... It's a friend of many of ours. Yeah, but. these creepers are out there, man. Dude, in the sauna, back to the fucking sauna. <laughs> Always couple, goes back to the sauna. A couple weeks ago, I'm in there, and I like to jam out to tunes when there's no good fucking uh, conversations going on. So I'm jamming out to tunes, and I got an itchy back. So I start scratching my back, and, you know, I'm not the smallest dude, so it's hard for me to get around. So I'm trying to scratch my back, and, and this fucking fat ball guy sweating there. He's like Eastern European or whatever. He, he's, like, looking at me, and then next thing he goes... You want I scratch your back? And then he goes and starts scratching my back. And I just slapped his hand away. I'm like, no, I'll scratch my own motherfucking back. Don't touch me again. And I just, you know, kind of get that stone cold face. You know, like I just got creeped out after that. Ruined my whole day. I had to get out. You know, don't touch another man if he don't invite you to touch him. Yeah. You know, that's like. And the same thing with children. You're also a pretty big dude, like, to yeah, want to... dude, like, don't scratch. Are you crazy? And, you know, I don't care about that cultural shit. Let me tell you, I've been to a lot of countries. Gay is gay. All right. That's, that's the crazy thing that came out, though, of, of all this Hollywood stuff was um, what the heck's his name, man, who was in Friday, big dude. Terry, uh, Terry, um, Terry Crews. Yeah, Terry Crews. He just came out and same thing. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and, you know, why is he going to come out and say something like that? You know, guys are just crazy. Some what guys he said are crazy. was interesting, though, was he said that people were like, you're Terry Crews. You're a big dude. Why didn't you just like punch this guy in the face? And his explanation was he was like, I'm a big black man in Hollywood. If I sock some like white Jewish director he's or whatever, right. he's like, it's not going to look good for me. So he's, he's like, right. it's not as easy as people think. So and that's in. You know, I, I guess this go back. I'm sure someone is going to email us and make a similar argument for the Louis C.K. thing. You know, mm-hmm. like of you don't course. know unless you're there. You know, yeah, you don't know. You're right. You're absolutely right. You don't know unless you're there. And you know, they probably felt the the women. They probably felt helpless because they felt as if you know this was their one shot or whatever. I I totally get the whole deal. Yeah. But at some point, you're that that means you're contemplating your career over your morals. True. True. And it's causing you to hesitate. And I haven't been the one to hesitate is what I'm trying to say. I don't freeze up because to me, 
my morals supersede that of my financial status or my fucking career. That's true. And you know if you're doing the right thing. Exactly. And I'm sorry. It's just plain and simple. If I feel it's wrong, it's wrong. See, but that's the thing is with a lot of veterans, though. You know, like we live in that black and white. You know what I mean? But as far as, you know, our situation with the other uh, fellow, God knows what happened and what was he thinking. But sometimes you freeze up. Yeah. You don't know how to act in that situation because you never thought it was going to go down right then and there. So your body goes into like a freaking shutdown, like, Poof, oh, damn, what do I do? And next thing you know, a few minutes go by and it's just like, OK. Yeah. The VA thing, what I think, you know, and like I said, it'd be great to have him on. But the thing that I think could be that he was there for some routine thing. And maybe in his head he was like, "Oh, maybe he needs to check this out." And then probably and then later leaving, on he was like, yeah. he might be like, "That that didn't make any sense." You I know? got my meat honked in a Iraqi airport once. <laughs> yeah, his fucking freak show was like patting me down before, while I was going to the checkpoint, and he gets to my junk area and he squeezes it with his two fingers, like his thumb and his his uh, index finger, and he squeezes it once. He looks up at me, then he squeezes it again. I'm like, "Yeah, bro, that's my fucking cock. Stop squeezing it." And that's he's just weird, looking at man. me. It was weird. Who squeezes a cock that's during really that? I, I, weird. I've trained in pat downs. That yeah. guy fondled me. Fuck that. That dude was squeezing my cock, but Jeez. that was so weird. That was so freaky, and it ha- it'll happen at the drop. Like you don't, you won't expect it to happen. Yeah, you know. But you're just like, bro, and like you said, it was a routine thing where a man is putting his hands on me to pat me down at an airport, no less. And here you go, like honk honk, like whoa, yeah, that's exactly what you think it is, buddy. <laughs> you know? Wow. So we have uh, we have the Odyssean standing by. That's who I was texting. Um, I guess really quick before we have him on. Uh, you texted me about this actually before one of the last shows, but I figured we'd at least like get your take on it. The uh, the marijuana stuff for New York oh, yeah. for uh, for veterans with PTSD. Just wanted to get your take so, on it. You know, let's clarify the whole marijuana thing in New York. Mar- uh, uh, medical marijuana is legal in New York, however, it must be in either pill or edible form. And I know for the average marijuana smoker, especially in like, New uh, York. There's only two forms of weed in New York. That's haze and sour diesel. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I don't know about this pills and uh, edible stuff. But, um, you know, so that's that. All right. So before you rush out to get your marijuana card in New York, guys, realize that it's not for the greenery, guys. All right. It's for that. And you you're, can only purchase it at an approved um, dispensary, you know, according to New York, whatever it is. So it's probably going to be super expensive, whatever. Then... New York has, you know, funny ways of keeping tabs and track of everything. And what I don't want to happen is, which I'm pretty sure is the case, where you go, you go on this registry as having to depend on a Schedule 1 narcotic, because it's still Schedule 1 narcotic, mm-hmm. right? That's interesting. And you're not able to get your concealed weapons permit, although not many can in the state of, in the city of New York, uh, unless, you're try, unless you're Brandon Webb and shit <laughs> and a couple other Jewish lawyers out there. Um, <laughs> How dare you? But yeah, it's true. <laughs> anyway, it, there was a whole thing about it. So I'm not lying. Okay. Yeah. They got busted. All right. For selling permits anyway. So, uh, you know, so I don't want to go on this registry and next thing you know, Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Delgado. We can't issue you yeah. your concealed weapons permit and give you the right to defend yourself in your home. Even, you know, because you, Take marijuana pills and what? Go to bed? You know, like, what the hell? Are you serious? So I'm afraid of New York and I'm afraid of big government for stuff like that, actually, you know, and I think a lot of us are. So until they legalize it federally, I say, take your little, uh, uh, what do they call it, desk appearance ticket or misdemeanor, you know, and keep it moving. You know what I mean? Because it's not a felony anymore. I think to a certain extent, it's just still a fine or something like to a certain Which amount. Which rarely happens, I feel like. New Which York- rarely happens because a lot of cops, let me tell you, if you're on the West Side Highway, even with your windows open, you're going to smell marijuana. 
Yeah, New York seems to look the other way. I mean, just walking around New York, you smell marijuana all the Everywhere. time. Everywhere. I see people yeah. smoking it. I, you know, it, it's not... It's not what it was five years ago. It's like the whole, to, with me, marijuana to cops is uh, the key to the door to open up and find out what's behind it. You know what but I mean? But also don't be a dick. Don't you know? be a dick. Like if you're smoking pot and a cop comes up to you and be like, what are you smoking? Pot, man. Sorry. Whatever. Put it out. Okay. Fucking step on it. Put it out. Throw it away. Whatever. If you tell, because cops are not going to want to bring you in and do hours of paperwork and all this crap for fucking Jay. You know what I mean? Because for one, like I said, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's a fine now. And two, they're going to do all that stuff that I just mentioned if you continue to be an asshole sure. to them. So like I said, that's the key to the door for them to open up and say, okay, give me your ID, search for warrants, you know, let me pat you down real quick, see if you're holding anything. So in other words, if you're a fucking happy stoner, don't worry, New York is not going to screw you over. But if you're a D-bag... And you're giving cops flax out, a flack out here. Yeah, it's going down. You're going to sleep on a crackhead's foot that night in yeah. Central Booking. You know what I mean? But they are going to go after dealers for sure. Oh, yeah, dealers you hands know, down. Um, actually, right outside of the studio, I remember, I mentioned it on the podcast, there was that like 13 nights where Fish played Madison Square Garden. Oh, you remember man. that? So you know people are on a million Hell things. Yeah. But there were people outside selling those nitrous oxide balloons. Ew. And I was at the gym with my friend who's NYPD. And he's like, yeah, I fucking tackled one of those guys with the nitrous oxide tank, like took his money, you know, brought it in and everything. And like that type of shit, yeah, they're going to go after. If you're out in the open, like selling yeah. nitrous oxide. And yeah. be courteous too, especially for pot smokers. And this is even in places where it is legal. There's just because it's legal don't mean a parent wants you blowing that shit in their kid's face. Yeah. You know, be discreet about it. Go smoke in an alley. Go. And I know it feels uncomfortable, but it's the same thing drinking. You're not going to walk in public uh, and drink an open container in public. You know, you just be in a bar or, you know, drink at home. Same thing with the marijuana. Fucking go smoke where people smoke or stay home or smoke in an alley. Or if you got to take a quick smoke break, duck out somewhere. Don't do it in public. That's so rude. You know, just be considerate. These are weed tips from Jason weed Delgado. Tips. I stopped smoking a while ago, actually. I, didn't, I don't even I have. I don't ask because, you. Because, so. no, it's cool. But I, I admit it. Because let me tell you. I was on a lot of medication from the VA, a lot of antidepressants, a lot of bo- bipolar medication. And it's like, know that. yeah, every time I went into the v- VA, I got a new medication. I-, I still have my medicine cabinet full of prescriptions. And I, I know I'm supposed to, uh, I'm sorry, prescriptions. Did I say that right? Or the New York is coming out. All right, cool. Well, you're no, you're, you're always going to stay in New York. I know. Cool. I hate it sometimes. Really? But yeah. because what you know, makes guess, you you. Yeah, I guess so. So anyway, I still have them there because I like looking at how ridiculous and asinine the uh the the just the handing out of medication in the VA is and this stuff let me tell you some of these antidepressants stuff they they made the nerves in my face like numb and like you could see like the my cheek muscles would like collapse it was like it's weird i look like freaking oh my god i look like an 80 year old fucking debutant it was ridiculous so marijuana helped me to not take any of that and it got me to the point where my hyperaggression fucking dwindled out eventually. Um, I, I was chilling. I was eating, saving money, and I wasn't on none of that crap. I could drive on weed because uh, for those of you who don't smoke marijuana, it's like cigarettes. If you smoke the cigarette for the first time, you're going to get all woozy and dizzy. 
the moment you start smoking it a few times a day, you become a functioning, uh, you know, they want, I don't want to say addict, but you smoke marijuana, it doesn't affect you that much. It's like whatever. Um, so it's, it's probably the best thing to even drive on, especially in New York, because traffic, no traffic. You're cool <laughs> either way. You're like, fuck that. I got good tunes on. This shit is tight, you know? Um, but that helped. But it got to the point where it was making me nonproductive. I started procrastinating on things. I stopped paying bills late. I didn't, you know, submit my writing projects on time. I, you know, I was probably tattooing one person a day at the tattoo shop because I was just being sluggish. And I realized this and it got to a point where I said, okay, I got to stop this now because now it's affecting my life and my economy, my economical situation, should I say, my, my finances. And when I stopped, I realized I didn't need anything anymore. So it, it weaned me off all that crap they were giving me at the VA. And now I realize that, okay, although the marijuana helped, now it started, I'm starting to see a downside to it, and I don't need that anymore. So I stopped that, and it's like I'm the hyper-fucking guy you see here now, but I actually yeah. think twice before I get angry because I realize I was able to stand aside for myself and say, these are things that affect you, you know what I mean? And I'm able to recognize them easily and say, all right, I could choose, you know, to act or not act and walk away. And like, I don't know. I just, I'm in a better place now. And I don't need any of that shit. Plus, I'm working out like a fucking machine now. So when I, I go home, tell, man. dude, I hit the rack like at fucking 8 30, 9 p.m., bro. I'm in the bed. And I'll wake up at 5 30 every fucking day and I love it. I'll get my coffee. I'll listen to my news. I love it. I love the life I live now without any of that crap. That's awesome. That's yeah. that's the way to be. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I know we have the Odyssean standing by. We're supposed to call him like 13 minutes ago, but, uh, I texted him, so let's get over to the Odyssean, who's apparently going to drop some knowledge on Ooh. some stuff going on in Asia that neither of us really know about, but that's what T.O. does. You, that's, what, that's what the soft rep uh, writers do, okay? They drop knowledge. Yo, yo. T.O., what is going on? It's uh, Ian <laughs> Scotto up? and What's Jason up? Delgado. What's up, Pimpin? <laughs> Jason, what it is, player? T.O. Izzle. <laughs> do you have oh, the uh, do you, you have the mask uh, on you as you're calling us? No, because the, the mask, mask is here, bro. Who's wearing the mask tonight? Jason I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, no one let, wears the mask. The mask know is that. only yours. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm, tr I'm trying to keep the gimmick going, but uh, anyway, man, how's yeah. how's everything going in uh, your neck of the woods? Yeah, good, good, man. Good, good. Falls here. It's my favorite season, so uh, all is well. All is chill. So I, I guess the natural thing to start with, and by the way, for those who don't know, T.O. is now the managing editor of SoftRep, although you're still going to be writing articles because people have been asking. They're like, you know, I still want to yeah, see this yeah. guy's articles. Um, you were telling us about kidnappings happening in North Korea, and I said to you, I was like, Jason and I are looking this up. There's not a lot out there. And you were like, no, this is not in the mainstream news. I'm going to drop some knowledge on you guys yeah because all i found all i found was stuff from the 70s where kids from japan were being abducted um and yeah. i guess that yeah, yeah. yeah so i mean i'm intrigued and i love when you guys break news or even like highlight stuff that you know not necessarily breaking highlight stuff that's been purposely kind of like overlooked or you know downplayed you know i love yeah it. Yeah, this uh, so this this subject is actually kind of weird. It's one of those deals that like uh, in in the in Northeast Asia, it's kind of like the elephant in the room because everybody mm. fucking knows North Korea just mass people. South Koreans, uh, I don't know of any Russians that have been snagged, and I don't know of any Chinese that have been snagged. It's mainly South Koreans, 
and uh, Japanese folk. And uh, so it, it goes back. I mean, fuck, man. It goes back all the way to uh, December of 53. So at the end of, uh, well, it wasn't the end. It was the ceasefire of the Korean War. Um, the fuck the United States government knew that there were like 900 some odd uh, POWs, American POWs, a whole shit ton more of the rest of the UN forces, but uh, 900 uh, U.S. forces that were there. So that's kind of where the abductions and shit started. Uh, also during the uh, during the Korean War, there were like tens of thousands of of. I mean, they weren't South Koreans at the time, but South Koreans were abducted and taken to North Korea. Um, and then after that, uh, yeah, Jason, you're right. So so there was a height, there was a huge spike in abductions in Japan and uh, all, all along the, the Sea of Japan coast, like the west coast of Japan, uh, there was a spike in the 70s in both Japan and South Korea of, of people disappearing. So officially, Japan officially accepts that there are 17 people that have been abducted. The youngest was a 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the South Korean government, I think, admits, which was a dipshit move on their part, admits to having taken 14 people, which, I mean, obviously now leaves the fucking gate open where it, they could have taken all the people. I mean, if you admit that you've taken one fucking person now, you you basically just opened yourself up to be blamed for all that shit. Um, the stuff is so bad in, uh, on the West Coast of Japan that uh, for – for a long time, it was like this boogeyman shit, like, don't stay out after dark or the North Korean commandos are going to get you. But they even uh, um, blamed alien abduction, possibly, possibly alien abduction. Yeah, 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 just yeah. Whatever they could yeah, uh, it, use it, as an excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, they, uh, interestingly enough, the, the number one, uh, like, UFO hotspot in Japan is the same fucking area where most of the people have been reportedly abducted uh, mm. by North Koreans or whoever. Okay. So, so one of the things about North Korea uh, and Japan is that the fucking Japanese and the Americans know that North Koreans infiltrate Japan uh, like on the fucking regular. They know that people are tucking in and out kind of all the time. They found uh, they found many subs. They found uh, so the 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 North Koreans have these. Some people still use these little mini subs where uh, uh, they have little uh, tracks on the bottom, like tank tracks, so they can they can get in far enough. And instead of floating, they just they hit the turf, you know, the fucking bottom of the ocean, and just roll up. And uh, they found these tracks um, in a couple of different places off the west coast of Japan, so they know these cats are coming in and out. Um, they're just jack shit they can do about it. And uh, um, so, you know, one of the the going theories because some of these people have come back actually like some of these some of these cats that were abducted by North Korea are now back like they're back in fucking Japan um and uh you know North Korea said shit like oh well you know we didn't give you all the people cuz uh, cuz some of them died uh and then Japan came back and was like cool well could we have their remains and North Korea's like well we don't we just burned them we don't have the remains and then they would come back and be like oh yeah I'm sorry we 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 did find some remains here's some remains and then the Japanese do like testing, DNA testing or whatever on the on the remains, and they're like, "Yeah, this, this these aren't those people. Like you just gave us some fucking body parts." Wow. Um, and so I, yeah, it's just it's fucking yeah. shenanigans, like start to finish. And uh, um, so you know, one of the fucked up things, you know, they, they'll snag these. The, I think there's like uh, of the seventeen, you know, it's mostly females. I want to say it's like yeah. uh, you know, like nine chicks, eight dudes, or something like that. It's mostly females, and. Uh, 
they they know that they were taking these chicks and uh, using them as Japanese teachers. Um, yes, yes. Because uh, like the ones that have been returned, that they're like, yeah, we were just teaching Japanese and teaching customs and shit like that. So so when those fucking spies, when those infiltrators ingress Japan, they now I mean the same shit we do, man. Like you mm-hmm. teach them customs and language and shit, and uh, so now they can they can more readily blend in. Um, without getting like too racist, the fucking Japanese can basically tell you if you're a fucking Korean. Like if you're, if you're cruising around the fucking street, uh, even if you're, you're speaking perfect Japanese, the average Japanese person is going to look at a Korean and be like, that fucker is not Japanese. Uh, I don't know how they do it. It's a magic. I haven't learned yet, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, but, um, but so that's another thing is, is that, uh, you know, one of the one of the assertions, like some of these ladies are saying that they were they were kind of forced to to, uh, to breed, like to give you know to to give birth to little half Japanese, half Korean kids, mm. and then those kids, I guess, are, are whisked off to some fucking spy village and and raised as a Japanese person, the way we used to joke about the Russians did in the fucking eighties, like having these American villages in the middle of Siberia where you're like going to fucking sock hops and going to the drive-in and shit like that. Um, and uh, also another weird twist to this is there was a dude, an American, who uh, I think he, he popped up in the news probably in the last couple of years for something I don't remember what, but uh, he uh, he was a uh, he defected um, from uh, well he he deserted first of all he was a he was a, a service member in South Korea and I, he was deployed to like Vietnam or, or was going to deploy or didn't want to deploy or whatever the fuck anyway he uh, he uh, he deserted first of all and then defected to fucking North Korea. And uh, that dude actually lives in Japan now. He was returned to Japan um, in like September of 04. It was right after I got there because I got there summer of 04. And um, uh, he, he, he came back and uh, he had been married to a Japanese chick and he was teaching English for like 35 years. And, uh, uh, and she was teaching Japanese. They hooked up. I think they got some kids, but uh, they live uh, right now. They live on this little Island out in the sea of Japan. It's like the fifth largest Japanese Island, but it's super tiny. Um, and uh, so like, yeah, dude was a defector. Um, you know, I think he went through like a court martial proceeding, and all that shit as part of his being returned to Japan and, uh, you know, like lost rank and whatever. I mean, it was yeah, like a slap probably, on the wrist. They but probably pay, we all know what the fucking government does to yeah, deserters, they right? They give them back pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a fucking honorable discharge and mm-hmm. all kinds of other shit. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and, and this whole, so this whole thing, right? So just, uh, you know, in the last like what, 48 hours, there was a guy trying to defect from North Korea. Yeah, I have, and, the, I have uh, the article got, right yeah, in front of me. Yeah, he got the fuck up right he there got, on the DMZ. He got so, shot five um, times as he fled across yeah. the DMZ. And for those who don't know, that's the uh, demilitarized zone, which I actually yeah. know because of uh, Jack Murphy going to the DMZ and, mm-hmm. and getting some yeah. pictures there in the caves, yeah. which were pretty cool. Um, but yeah, shot yeah. five times, but now he'll be able to be a South Korean resident, right? Because he was successful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, once you make it to the fucking end zone on that, like you're you're gold. You deserve because, it. You know, they're gonna give that guy everything he wants, man, because they're gonna debrief that motherfucker for years. Yeah. And years Will this years. lead to like a trend of of more North Korean soldiers doing the same? Uh, yeah, and and you know, so the way this is all connected is because you've got cats that are defecting, but you've also had POWs escape their prisons in North Korea mm. and fucking escape all the way to South Korea. And so sometimes Epic. we think they're defectors, but they're actually fucking dudes 
like fleeing to get home. And, uh, uh, there have been a ton of those cases and, uh, I don't, none of them have been American that, that I know of. I don't want to say that there haven't been, but, uh, um, so, so anytime in my brain, anytime you've got anybody trying to get the fuck out of North Korea, my first thought is that they're, they're not North Korean. They're elite. They're getting the fuck out of Dodge yeah. and trying to get back home. And, uh, that's always my first uh, question is, is, are they actually North Korean? Because, are they, are they because North the situation with so many being abducted, you know, like chances yeah. are, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. trying to get the hell yeah. out. Yeah. And, and so, so even now in Japan, I mean, you got a lot of like missing people and, and it gets into this larger thing that, 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 you know, I've rapped about before in terms of like Japan fudges its fucking numbers on everything. Like they fudge the murder rate, they fudge the rape rate, they fudge the, the, any negative metric mm. uh, that's going to like adversely affect people's Japan, uh, people's opinion of Japan. Uh, that shit gets fudged to the outside world. So, but they so still, I'm sorry, they still have the largest suicide rate, right? Yeah, it's a fucking massive suicide. Either that, or there's just a lot of people getting murdered and hung up in that forest, man. Oh um, yeah, but, but yeah, there's forest. this huge, huge. Well, but I mean, you know, that that gets into the cultural issue of like here in the West. Um, I don't, I don't want to say suicide is not an option. I mean, obviously it's an option. We all fucking know guys that have that are fucking off themselves, but uh, um, it. it we, we really play into like the socio-religious and spiritual guilt shit of like, if you off yourself, you're not going anywhere good. Um, you know, so, so we try to, we try to stem that tide, uh, culturally or socially or whatever, by, by establishing a, a religious level of don't fucking do it on top of all that. Well, in the far East, man, that's, I mean, one of the most famous parts of human fucking culture is, you know, the samurai committing seppuku. Uh, where they cut their fucking belly open and like hang out and bleed the fuck out and die. Um, and uh, so suicide is, is always an option in the Far East, especially uh, when you're dealing with shit like shame or failure, even mm. if it's not your failure or your shame. Would you say, um, would you say so, it's almost expected of one? Uh, I would say if you like super duper fuck up, let's say, and I, I mean, like, I'm not, I ain't calling anybody out, but like, let's say you're the CEO of fucking Nintendo mm. and, uh, and like your numbers are, are, are shit. They don't expect you to go kill yourself, but they certainly expect you to walk the fuck off, you know, like Got essentially it. professionally kill yourself. Now, in that case specifically, that dude had like a opted to have like a 98% reduction in salary for a couple of years to offset the loss of, I can't remember what it was like the Wii or the Wii U or some mm. shit. That's uh, crazy. But, but there was like a, the company almost went fucking bankrupt and dude, like dude, 86, his own fucking salary, uh, like self fucking committed financial suicide, uh, with his own salary to plug that back into the system to fix something that he was ultimately responsible for being the fucking CEO of the company. Now I'm sure that wasn't his fucking choice to do whatever it was that yeah, commendable that fucking numbers, but commendable. yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, so yeah, man, I would say that, that even if it's not exactly like fucking suicide, yeah. suicide, I, I think that self-sacrifice is still uh, self-sacrifice for the greater good or the community good is, is still, I don't want to say expected, but maybe a hoped so outcome. Can I, for, can I uh, ask you something to you? You, you, can I ask you something? Um, yeah, so man, you've seen, 
you seen Strike Back, right? That show, the TV show. I don't know if you watch TV too much. You seem like you read uh, it. Oh, Strike Back. Anyway, so uh, in no, the show, let me yeah. just give you the uh, one of the uh, situations they were dealing with. Which, by the way, if you've never seen Strike Back, it is a badass show. In. Okay? You, yeah, they, yeah, you're I'll welcome for that, by the way. The next two <laughs> weeks will never be the same. Um, you binge watch. So, so North Korea actually had infiltrators in several countries. And yeah. they had this, there was this uh, situation where they were waiting for this activation almost for them to uh, execute a nuclear terrorist act. But these yeah. people have gained um, positions of authority and of stature in these other countries. And they had, you know, husbands, wives, kids, all that. Like they were completely... And submerged yeah, inside, yeah, yeah, they, they were yeah, sleepers, yeah. and they yeah. were activated, and they try to attempt a, a nuclear, uh, a nuclear, a terrorist, uh, terrorist-like, uh, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Just uh, uh, activity, yeah, 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 event. And you know, yeah. that, is that kind of what you think is going on with all the abductees? Obviously, because they're teaching, you know, and I, I seen one abductee, well, not abductee, she was a defector, and um, she was giving accounts as to. Uh, having Japanese lessons from someone that was abducted. And the person that she described, I remember her best friend in Japan recognized her name and who she was describing. And she, and you know, she was told that that individual died, you know, and, and she, once she heard of the account, she heard of the name, she heard of her mannerism. She said, Oh my God, my best friend is still alive. After so many years, because I think she was abducted over, you know, at that point, 20 something years prior. So anyway, she was talking about that woman being her Japanese teacher, just like you said. And I'm thinking the only thing I'm thinking is they've got sleepers everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, so so I, I I harp on this all the fucking time. You know, actually, I think I've mentioned this on every fucking radio show I've ever been on uh, about the uh, about like somebody infiltrating the continental United States with a fucking dirty bomb and a backpack. Mm. Um, so, so North Koreans don't, they're broke as fuck basically. And so, so we talk about all this fucking whiz bang, uh, high tech shit that we think they're getting into because that's, that's sexy. Nobody gives a fuck about a lone dude with like a crusty fucking Alice pack with like some, you know, kitchen made dirty nuke in it. That's not sexy. Right. So, so when you're talking about bang for your buck, for lack of better pun, when you're talking about bang for your buck, uh, they're not going to throw billions and billions of fucking dollars into a delivery system. Um, and, and, you know, people are like, well, they just haven't come up with the right rocket yet. Mm. Well, it's not just fucking rockets, man. They got to get the materials. They got to get the people. They got to get, what is it, uh, Winston Zedmore and fucking Ghostbusters. You got the tools, you got the talent. And they don't have either of those fucking things. Mm. So... They are so fucking far upriver from having an actual fucking delivery, like a successful launch system. They may be able to launch this shit into the sky, but the materials they have are going to guarantee that that thing does not get where it's supposed to go. That's one of the reasons why the shit will fall into the ocean on either side of Japan, and North Koreans will be like, yep, it was a successful launch. So they don't have, like, they don't have satellites up? They, they they don't right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they got. I, I, you know, actually, that's a good question. I don't think they do. And I think, I think that's and and this is back. what and this is what our beef is with Russia and China because they're allowing them to use that yeah. technology yeah. for GPS and all this stuff. And that's what we're yeah. talking yeah, yeah. about. We're getting yeah. at them saying, "Hey, cut the shit out." 
Yeah, and then you know, and even if they do, even if North Korea has a fucking satellite, they didn't build it. Mm. It was it was a fucking proprietary, and China was like, "Hey, bro, uh, uh, we'll let you put a satellite up. We'll give you all the shit, and we'll give you the information, and we'll put your flag on it just so you guys can check a fucking you know thing off your bucket list. Mm. Put a satellite in space. Congratulations." Um, but uh, in terms of like those dudes having an organic space focused or space based capability, it's 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 not they don't have one i only bring that up um, because it, of the guidance systems yeah. required on these nukes these uh intercontinental ballistic missiles you know you, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah and that's where i see where you're saying they're almost archaic you know that they they can't have that that technology is something that they don't have their hands on yet yeah yeah and i mean man it's it's really you know when you when you get into shit like non-proliferation and and shit of of nuclear materials so it's materials, but but for a launch system, it isn't just the materials you're looking for. Isn't aren't just nuclear fucking things, right? Mm-hmm. Shit that your Geiger counter is going to go nuts on. It's like the fucking tube for the rocket has to be made of certain shit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's metallurgy and like actual fucking science that these dudes do not have access to at this point in time. So that's another reason, like, they'll, they'll, you know, it isn't like the, the Koreans are hanging out in Japan, like, snagging scientists. You can bet your ass that if they have a chance to snag a scientist, they damn sure will. Mm. Um, it's like fucking Iron Man, right? But, uh, mm-hmm. um, so, but, you know, so anyway, back to bang for the buck. So those guys don't have all this whiz-bang shit, man. They don't have, like, the fucking, they don't really have a, a, a hot NSA that they can go to and be like, give us all the fucking signals on planet Earth. Uh, you know, they got some capable cy- cyber dudes, which we know are directly connected to and related to uh, Russians and Chinese cyber dudes. But in terms of getting bang for your buck, the absolute best fucking option for anybody anywhere that is trying to get bargain basement prices for absolute return is using NBC. sleepers, using stay behind forces, using infiltrators. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's slightly more complicated guerrilla warfare. Um, and, and so how fucking, yeah, well, this gets back into the, the Japanese abductees, right? So some of the older people, they didn't just kidnap younger people. Uh, they would kidnap old people too, off those motherfuckers and then assume their identity. Mm. And this is where, dude, this is where I come in because no one is connecting these dots. I mean, it's kind of fucked up. It makes me feel like I'm in the matrix sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, so here's an example, right? You got these old people and the, uh, the North Koreans will come in and kidnap an old lady, a uh, killer, and then insert their own person with that identity. The Japanese don't have a social security number, which goes into an article I wrote about people disappearing hmm. in Japan because people opt out and disappear. That. All this bullshit is connected. Um, and I'm sorry if I talk fast when my brain gets running like my mouth doesn't slow down i haven't drank enough today um (laughs) so so a few years back uh japan got some fucking like international award i want to say it was like unesco or the un or somebody was like holy fucking shit japan has more more living like uh centenians or whatever like people that are over a hundred uh, than any country on the planet. They must be very healthy. Holy fucking shit. So Japan has this list of like thousands of people that are over a hundred. And uh, so the emperor uh, like writes these letters to all these dudes like, hey, congratulations for you know bringing pride to Japan and we're healthy and, and see fucking rice and raw fish and sake is the way to go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, right up. So right on. So, so they, uh, so he, he plugs up all these letters. They establish this, uh, this small agency in the government to, to get these awards out to everybody and, and all that shit. The first 25 people on this list were dead. Mm. 
their deaths had just never been reported. In some cases, the body was still in the fucking house mummified because nobody went and checked. Somebody was cashing their fucking checks. That's crazy. Nobody went by. Yeah. Nobody went. And see, so that's one of those things back to Japan, like fudging its numbers. That shit never made it out because, first of all, there's only about nine of us out there that are covering shit going on in Japan. A. And B, of those nine, most of us don't have the access and placement that I have. And C, or three, I don't remember if I'm lettering or numbering. Uh, <laughs> most of the people that cover Japan like I do are fucking fanboys and fangirls. And I would call somebody out directly, but I'm not. Mm. Um, and, and so they are going to toe this weird party line and fluff up Japan and, and make themselves cooler in the eyes of the Japanese. I ain't got to worry about none of that shit because none of those motherfuckers know who I am. Uh, so I have to worry about that. that, but but I don't I don't have to fudge those numbers, and I don't have to uh, I don't have to chicane any of the information I get because I don't have a party line. Like my party line is the fuck the facts, man, just the facts. So, so I don't. You, I'm not. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I mean, I get it. You. you oh no, I was stay, just gonna stay, say like I'm. I'm stay not, low, I'm not pro, bro. We need it. that. They don't what? Stay low, pro. We need that, man. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. But um, a question. So. You got, so I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Okay, so uh, we're jumping in back and forth. It's like double dutch. It's like verbal double dutch. No, my, my, my you know what this reminds me of. Uh-huh. I, I wonder if I could pull it up. But uh, anyway, you ever see um, Corky Romano? Oh yeah. Remember where he gets yeah. high on cocaine? And he goes, he's like, you got a question? You got a question? You do? You don't? You do? You don't? Do you, do you remember that? <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. Busting lines out here. Yeah. No. Um. So. To, uh, to back to North Korea, and you know this is I, I'm 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 interested to see what you think because you you're living it, you're out there, you you're seeing it, and and you kind of have more of a profound uh, perspective on it than what I get because what I get is just media fed, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, if they even cover it, if they even cover yeah. it, my question yeah, to yeah, you yeah. is, do something about them or let them hang themselves? So uh, wait, are we talking about the? Uh North like, Koreans, the, the whole situation, the that, you know, with their threats and their, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I continue to kind of say that, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I think North Korea right now is a current boogeyman. It's a boogeyman we can talk about. It's a boogeyman we can engage because it's not abstract. So nobody wants to engage a cyber threat because then we got to get into about 10 fucking years of trying to explain to mouth breathers that are watching the news. Not that all mouth breathers watch the news or just because you watch the news, you're a mouth breather, but... You'd have to get into explaining 10 fucking years of cyber warfare to people who are just going to relate it to a fucking Matrix movie anyway. Mm. Um, so so I, I think that we should always continue to engage North Korea diplomatically, um, but, but we also need to have a hard line. I, I personally believe that, that the, maybe not the president of the United States, but, but the secretary of defense, the Department of Defense and the intelligence community all fucking realize without fail – that the moment the fucking balloon goes up in either of the Koreas, that fucking peninsula is a glass parking lot. Uh-huh. Like all the missiles, all the arty, Sorry, all just the got fucking a chubby. bombs. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody's gonna fucking die, or, or wish they were fucking dead, or be trying to get off the island. I mean, there's no. And and I said it, you know, not to like bust out our fucking TTPs. I said it a while back, right after fucking. Uh, Sekdaf Mattis took office. His right. first fucking trip, first trip, South Korea and Japan. The dude spent a number of hours in South Korea because he knows, I mean, he's just like, hey, guys, keep doing what you're doing. Like, thumbs up, high fives, belly bumps, uh, good luck. <laughs> 
Then the, then the motherfucker spent like a week in Japan, not only just talking to his counterpart, the, the minister of defense, but also talking to the fucking prime minister, also going out and talking to fucking generals, also talking to his U.S. commanders that were in fucking Okinawa and on the mainland, trying to get a fucking feel for what the actual fucking situation was in country. Because guess what? When the kettle goes off, the Korean twins are fucking done. Yeah. It's going to be damage control and civil affairs after that. You think, you know, uh, so, so go I'm ahead. Sorry. You think um, that, that that also was a part of Trump's campaign promise or should I say intention, his voiced intentions to uh, arm Japan with uh, nuclear weapons? Kind of, but so I would have, if you would have asked me that question three weeks ago, I would have said yes. Now, you know, like last week, a few days ago, Trump is in Japan or was in Japan, and he was asking the prime minister why Japan is responding to these uh, missiles flying over their island. And the prime minister was like, well, you guys, you guys won't let us have that shit. Mm. And, and Trump was like, bullshit, you guys are buying our stuff now. So I don't think Trump knew that Japan couldn't do any of that shit until like recently. Uh, I mean, and kind of honestly, why would he? I mean, if he's not interested in that, as a businessman, I would think he would have a little higher profile look at the country. But, um, but I, I don't think that he, I don't think Trump had any fucking idea personally, probably still doesn't have any real fucking idea personally about what the status and disposition of Japan as a political entity globally and regionally uh, is. And I don't know if he knows how they apply to U.S. foreign policy. Mm. The only thing he knows is that like, uh, they're kind of our best friends in the region. The only reason we have anybody in South Korea is because uh, North Korea is there. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like we, uh, I said this uh, recently, I can't remember where it was. It might have been in one of my Q&As. The only reason we have motherfuckers in South, oh no, it was on the radio show when I was in the studio. The only reason we have people in South Korea is because North Korea is there. The people we have in Japan are there because of other reasons, not, not just because North Korea or China or Russia are there. Um, you know, we have, uh, we have Misawa Air Base way up in the north of the main island. Uh, we've got a couple of other smaller uh, Navy no. bases and Marine Corps camps. Uh, and then we've got a, a one army post on the mainland. And then a fucking shit ton of stuff in Okinawa and Guam. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those all exist for other reasons. They would be there whether North Korea was there or not. The only fucking reason we have anybody in South, two reasons we have people in South Korea. A, because generals need a fucking fake-ass command, a combat command, um, that they can check the fucking box so they can hmm. make higher general or whatever it is. That's the only reason we got a fucking command there. A, and B, the only reason there are combat troops deployed there in a fucking, like, non-accompanied tour setting. Non-accompanied tour, uh, I mean, I know you guys know, but to the listeners, non-accompanied means if I get papers to go to Japan, 99% of the time my family cannot go with me because I'm, I'm essentially deploying to a wartime footing. Although yeah. it's not wartime, uh, you know, just because there's a ceasefire or whatever, it's, it's not really a combat deployment, but it's still kind of treated like that. So well, yeah, that's why the we, only we, reason we have UDPs, yeah, go, that's okay. what we call UDPs. We go to Japan. And then on top of that, yeah. we also have exercises that uh, are yeah. reasons why we get brought to Korea. And that, that's why I went to South Korea as well, because, you know, during our Japanese uh, our Japan uh, 
deployment. So, you know, we went up yeah. to South Korea and we got, you know, we got up to go to Seoul, Pohang, uh, a couple of guys got to go up to the 38th parallel, the DMZ, but we do yeah. these activities there and it's all a part of show of force. That's all it really is. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, we just, uh, we, we, you know, we published an article about the, the U S Navy having a three carrier, three carrier group show of force, mm. uh, in the region. And, uh, it's funny cause we were, we were joking about it in the fucking writer's room, three carriers. That's a lot. There, That's huge. There, there, are no, there are countries on the planet like UN Security Council members that have one fucking carrier for the entire fucking country. We had three in one show of force, and we still have other ones elsewhere on the fucking planet. Like, you know, you, there's a, we posted a picture of it on, uh, in one of the articles. I think Alex wrote the article, and it was three fucking carrier groups. That's like 25,000 pissed off fucking sailors and Marines on fucking boats in one picture. And, and I don't, I don't know if a lot of people in the world could really appreciate the firepower in one fucking picture, not to mention essentially, uh, geography, notwithstanding, you can access the vast majority of the important shit on the Korean peninsula from a boat sitting off the fucking coast. Like, I mean, that's, that's part of the, uh, the, that's yeah. the in that's the NG and fucking Anglico naval gunfire. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with carrier groups and battle groups sitting off of a coast, you can access really, really fucking far inland on all that shit. And, uh, if you look at a fucking, uh, population density map of Northeast Asia, about 99% of the population is on the coast. You know, there are cities inland, but uh, not, you know, not that much of one. Fuck, man. I mean, I think, uh, I think Japan is like less than 200 miles uh, from, from the widest point of the main island, Honshu, from one coast to the other. It's less than 200 miles. And if I'm not entirely mistaken, you've got naval gunfire that's punching like triple-digit distances when it fires. And I could be wrong on that, but I, I, I'm not a Navy guy, so somebody can correct me. But... uh um, so, so when you, when you get into three motherfucking carriers being in, in that region, that's a show of force. But yeah, man, you're right. All these exercises, all of these like full Eagle and all these fucking exercises that we do every fucking year, all over the place, all that shit is, is, I mean, I think we stopped with the building cohesion bullshit a long time ago. It's just a show of force and a chance for some fucking, you know, oh six, oh seven, oh eight to be like, see what I did to my fucking OPR promote me. Um, hey, but hey, yeah, dude. Yeah. T.O., the last thing I want to get to before we wrap things up uh, that I just thought was funny. I remember when you stayed over my house, uh, when you were around here, we got in a whole martial arts conversation being, you know, you oh, lived yeah. in Japan yeah, yeah. and everything. So Jason just recently started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And uh, I remember you having a whole conversation with me about, like, how you're very favorable towards traditional Japanese jujitsu and and I don't know <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to hear yeah, your yeah, take yeah. on the whole thing and and also for the audience like why uh, you know Brazilian jujitsu has become like a very just big thing here in America you're seeing less yeah. like Japanese jujitsu um and yeah. yeah I just wanted to hear your take on the whole thing because you you kind of you know told me a whole bunch when you were hanging with me yeah yeah so first of all Jason I think it's awesome that you're doing any of that shit I think I think any martial arts basically any martial arts is better than, than no martial arts and bjj is uh is is legit 
Um, and, oh, yeah, and I if I was going to, if I was going to recommend to anybody, like if you just want to get a crash course and how to not get your ass kicked real bad, <laughs> BJJ would be on that list. You and know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's what that, I was it, telling you. do a lot of yeah. dynamics. I, I consider myself a scrapper and you know, I've yeah. done a few things in the military, which is, you know, be honest, anyone's been in military, you know, combatives are pretty freaking weak. You know, um, but when <laughs> and Mick, Mick, dude, Mick map is a little bit better because, than fucking modern I, army combat. Well, I, I give you that because we take a little bit from a lot of different disciplines and we put them together. Like they actually took the Mi'kmaq program serious as opposed to what we had prior, which was line training. Um, now Mick map, you know, I was there from the induction of it to the uh, to where it's at today, basically. And you get to see the different the evolution of it. So, you know, kudos to those guys over there. They really embraced a lot of a lot of different types of uh, martial arts but brazilian jiu-jitsu holy crap i gotta tell you i've never had my ass kicked so many times in one week and i'm talking about white belts you know these guys i'm looking at them like ah this guy's on my level and then next thing you know after we're done rolling for those five minutes i look at him like who the fuck are you bro like what the hell and it's like the guy's a white belt but he's been doing bjj for over a year there's no getting promoted in bjj you have to literally kill someone to get promoted in that thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 so so i actually wrote an article two articles it was back to back it was one of them was about uh uh airsoft and then the other one was about bjj so I guess which by the way I, I Jason think, is probably like putting airsoft in the same category nah, as BJJ. Don't disrespect BJJ <laughs> yeah, son. Yeah. Well, so, so what it is is I, I think I, I guess I could say my problem isn't with BJJ. My my problem is with this weird perception um, that people have about BJJ when compared to everything else. So I explain in the article that uh, so BJJ is, is a derivative of judo, right? So mm-hmm. in the uh, yeah, in in the uh, in the early 1900s, uh, these these five Japanese dudes uh, traveled around the world uh, doing these judo exhibitions. They'd fight wrestlers. They'd fight like British bare knuckle boxers. They'd fight like uh, you know they fight dudes from whatever traditional shit was going on. So uh, so the dude that taught Helio Gracie was a guy that viewed that exhibition and was trained partially by one of those judo guys, and then he opened a school. There are two primary schools of Brazilian primary schools of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. One of them is the Gracie, the other one is like the Monchado or whatever, who who was this other guy. Mm-hmm. So so then Helio Gracie showed up and um and was like he learned a little bit of that dude's little bit of judo, and uh and 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 went out and started kind of trying to work through his own shit. So a couple of years later, uh, Helio Gracie was was preaching that that bjj was uh, the shit it's really funny because you never hear this shit when i get into conversations with bjj guys and i have a ton i'm not racist i have a ton of bjj friends but uh, <laughs> uh you know this, this isn't this isn't shit that comes up and i actually want to say the video of this maybe out there um because i remember seeing a video i think or, or maybe it was pictures but uh Keo gracie um was not only promoting bjj but shit talking judo uh, like we'll kick your fucking ass, send your best dudes down, fuck you guys, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the 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 headmaster of the Kodokan, uh, like judo head school in Tokyo, uh, got together with his main students and was like, yeah, um, like this guy who was sort of kind of a part time student of another part time student like 20 years ago was talking shit. We need to go down and like just have a talk with him. So uh, uh, 
couple dudes went down and there was uh, this, he was actually an old guy at the time. Uh, Yamashita, I believe was his name. And uh, so he goes to Brazil and he's like, Hey bro, you can't, you can't talk like this. Like it's cool to promote your school, but like talking shit about other schools is not the way shit happens these days. Now, now let me back up here with all of these judo guys at the time came from traditional Japanese jujitsu in a time where when you wanted to get your black belt, you actually went to another school and fought other people. And very, very regularly, you fucking died. Like, Damn. you didn't come out of that match. Like, those were fights to the death. In the early 1900s, that, that shit was, was not happening anymore. But in the late 1800s, it fucking sure was. And even the traditional school that I'm a part of, like, in order to get to a certain level, get promoted past a certain level, you have to go to other schools and pick a fight. No, I mean, not disrespectful, not like you guys are a bunch of slack-jawed faggots, let's roll. But you got to uh, represent. But, but, yeah, you got to represent, and, and you will get your fucking ass handed to. And that's part of it. Like, you're not going to win them all. Big fucking deal. That's not the point. And um, so anyway, so these, these dudes go, to, go back to Brazil and go to Helio Gracie and like, uh, bro, like, this isn't the way it happens. And Helio Gracie was like, my fuck you guys. Like, I mean it. My shit. My school is a shit. We'll take you guys on. These fucking dudes rolled for like 90 minutes. Now... Now, Jason, I know you feel me on this. Oh when God. you roll for a minute against a motherfucker who knows his shit, it feels like 90 minutes. Dude, we do. And that is 60 fucking seconds. Dude, in our dojo, bro, we do, we do 20 minutes. And yeah. it's five minutes with four guys. And yeah. man, these yeah. are purple belts. Like, they don't give a fuck what belt you are. <laughs> They'll put a brown yeah. belt to choke your ass out. And then yeah. they'll put a white yeah, yeah. belt to choke your ass <laughs> out for five minutes. And... I've yeah, never yeah, been yeah. so you, exhausted in my surf, life. So you end up fighting all those dudes. And, mm -hmm. and I love how that, I love, I love the, that, that round robin shit that, uh, the guys that, that, uh, Jew, uh, activities do judo, jujitsu and all that shit. You, you go through that round robin thing where you're rolling with everybody. That's that bull in the and, ring uh, shit that we do in the Marine Corps. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, because that, that also teaches you to fucking improvise, man, which, which I don't give a fuck who you are. If you, if you try to subscribe to a warrior fucking ethos anywhere, right? Marine fucking army guy, ninja, I don't give a shit who you are. Improvisation and being able to adapt. It's mental, uh, mental and physical yeah. endurance is what you're yeah, looking yeah, yeah, for. Absolutely. You need that's, that. That's, that's, that's combat. That's so, combat. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so they run you through tall guys, short guys, fat guys, skinny mm -hmm. guys, chicks, dudes. You, you do it all. So you can understand how to, uh, you know, execute your shit in a variety of, of environments. And, uh, and, you know, the more you do that stuff, the more you realize that it really, it, it ends up bleeding its way into to all aspects of your life. I mean, I got a thousand stories of, of having to use my martial arts, uh, like the, the strategic level of the martial art where I'm, I'm now using my words and my wits to work myself around a situation before anybody flips the fucking table and we go to guns. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, you, you work your way through that. And I mean, like, I'm not old, but I ain't young. And when you get to my age, man, you realize like, okay, somebody's about to flip this fucking table. I told a story. I wrote a, an article about getting hit in the fucking head, man. And I had to, I had to steal a bike and ride like 20 miles home. So, you know, I'm, I'm in a situation where this goes back to one of the things that I don't like about, about, any modern jujitsu at all, whether it's BJJ or, or judo or traditional shit. If I'm in a room with guys and somebody's about to flip the table. I need to worry about two things, how I'm getting out of that situation and how I'm getting the fuck home. 
because I, it's not like I drove my fucking car to these meet and greets, man. Like it's sitting outside cars running. No, I mean, like I, I would take a train, a bus, walk, run, whatever. And then to get home, uh, usually at like two in the morning, ain't no taxis, ain't no, you know, trains or buses running. So I'm literally like hoofing my ass home. Well, I'm not going to do that with a broken arm. I'm not going to do that uh, with a bottle stuck in my back. Uh, I'm not going to do any of that shit. And, and I've said before, like, you're not home free, man. The, 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 the fucking op is not complete until you are home and no one's coming after you. It's the long right? game. So, you're so, thinking about the long game. You can't stay in Yeah, calm, yeah, the long game. Yeah, yeah. The, long the objective. Game. I mean, I remember talking to a mountain climber a long time ago. This is related. It's not a sidebar, but a, a mountain climber a long time ago. And he's like, you know, the fucking problem with mountain climbers is that they get to the top of the mountain. And they're like, sweet, we did it. And bro's like, mm, we got to get back to the fucking house first, man. You know, the vast majority of mountain climbing, mountaineering accidents happen on the way fucking down the mountain because your brain's already checked out. Well, mm. not to the top. Well, the top ain't the end. The, the, the end is you being in the fucking bathtub soaking your toes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the day. But, but so, you know, we're getting to the jujitsu stuff. And so fundamentally, one of the, the things that I – personally promote about traditional Japanese jujitsu is that you're not rolling with anybody. You end up on the fucking ground like it's fucking game over. Um, you know, Aikido and all that shit kind of played with that idea in the late 1800s where like you get a hold of somebody and you throw them through a fucking wall. Uh, but the dynamic of that doesn't really work either because you're not really throwing people around. You try and then your plan is fucked from the, for the immediate uh, context. So, so a lot of the things, uh, I'll give you an example, man. And, and, and it's a very, very unknown school. So in a town called Kanazawa on the West side of Japan, there's a school called Nagao Ru, N-A-G-A-O and Ru means school, right? So, so these dudes, this was jujitsu. That's all it was, was jujitsu. And, uh, you know, they learned some weapons and shit, but the core, the core element was jujitsu. Well, these guys were all like secret police and spies. They weren't ninjas, but, but, but you're not rolling with anybody. The moment something goes on and the contact is initiated, the first thing you do is you try to inflict as much damage, not just pain, not just I'm squeezing your arm, I'm bending your elbow, but like damage, like your neck is bleeding. You may want to get that looked at while I run the fuck out of here. Mm. Uh, or here's your eyeball. I promise I'll let you keep the other one as long as you let me walk out of here. That's, right? some, so, uh, that's some Jim so, West shit. Yeah, but I see where you're going with this because um, I train in another form of combatics, uh, combatives called control force. And it's not really yeah. a, an aggressive combat. It's, it's more of a – it uses a lot of Aikido where you're using the opponent's energy – you know, to redirect their energy and kind of take them down. But every time we get to the floor, the instructors would remind you, bro, you have a gun and you don't got time to roll around. So the moment you could break contact, break contact, put two in his fucking chest and, you know, assess the situation and keep it moving. And that's, that's the reality of, and I think that's where you're going at that in where jujitsu, it's like, we're on the floor and my goal is to, you know, submit you or tap you out on the floor where I'm thinking yeah, yeah, you're yeah. talking about my goal is to fucking hurt you to give me enough time to get <laughs> yeah. up and get yeah. a stick and beat the crap out of you. Yeah, it's yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, different, yeah, too, yeah. because what you're you know, what BJJ is, is also, you know, from what I know, and I'm someone who's 
hasn't done any of this, but it is also a form of exercise and all that. And it's it's all that, yeah. yeah, totally. As totally, opposed yeah. to um, you know, the stuff that Jim West teaches. Yeah, but that's you know, the difference between yeah, you're yeah, right. Jim's bar fighting stuff is you know because a lot of the stuff he teaches is great for women, mm-hmm. where he'll say you know put your finger in a guy's eye socket, yeah. you know punch a guy in the balls, but that's you know it's not an exercise. That's just. Getting out of a place yeah, stick and your saving finger, your stick life. Stick your finger yeah, yeah. on the top Ooh. of their chest cavity and pull it down. You know stuff like that. These are yeah. things that these are things that are just to inflict the maximum amount of pain in that one instance yeah. to yeah, give yeah. to buy you that time. Yeah, and I don't think that would go yeah. over too well if you started like a Jim West school of martial arts where anything goes. You know, in New York City, like I don't think you'd have many people signing up and possibly no. losing well, their eyeballs. So, so that's actually where I was going with like me being an older dude, like. I really don't want to burn that many calories tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm going to be sore for like the next three fucking days if I got to fight, fight somebody. So, so it's, it's, it, uh, you get into this like operational economy, um, where like, if I have to fall down on the floor, like I'm on the floor, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I'm trying to think in my brain, uh, I very rarely, any of these engagements we're discussing here, I very rarely have been, it's very rarely has it been a one-on-one engagement. So, like, if I grab Kenji and try to get him in a fucking arm bar on the floor, I've just been stabbed, like, nine times by his buddies or shot or had a oh, fucking yeah, bar stool cracked on my head. Um, and I mentioned, uh, I mentioned in one of my articles uh, about how my martial arts tactics, my, my, my tactical disposition uh, as a physical combatant, like as a personal combatant, really is, is absolutely no different than sapper tactics. Sappers are like a... Military engineers mm-hmm. and uh, break down walls and shit like that. So, so sapping uh, is involved with three things: um, mobility, either friendly forces mobility, ability to move and execute operations in the in the environment, counter mobility, my ability to fuck up the operational forces' ability to uh, to move freely in the environment, and survivability, um, my ability to like build a fortification to keep people out and make sure all my dudes are good. Right, so. So if, if I'm rolling with a motherfucker, if I'm about to roll with a motherfucker, my first thought is mobility. I cannot be here right now. Like, I need to be – everything else has failed. I fucked everything else up, uh, and now I'm in this situation, which is fucked up. Um, just don't hit my face. No, but uh, – uh, so, so my, my, immediate, my immediate reality is my mobility. And if you grab a hold of me, the first thing I'm going to do is try to trap you. Before you get a hold of me, I'm going to trap your shit, intercept your bits and pieces, and try to get you off of where you can grab a hold of me. In the event, in that fucking billionth of a second where I realize that can't happen and now you have a hold of me, I'm getting a hold of you. And I'm not getting a hold of your collar or your sleeve. I'm getting a hold of your fucking Adam's apple or your nutsack or your fucking under your arm, nice little soft tissue up underneath there, eyeball, whatever. Ears are good, too, because they come off. Um, and, and we're eight, going eight to the pounds floor, of pressure, so I believe. Yeah, 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 absolutely, man. You know, and, and I mean, generally speaking, I'm not trying to murder anybody. That goes back to the controlled force thing. Like, I don't mind fucking a guy up, and I don't mind you having to go to the ER, but, like, if there was a body in my neck of the woods and a honky is the one that did it, they're not going to fudge those numbers. They're going to find the guy that did it. Crazy um, stuff, So man. that goes back to that goes back to rule number one, right? The fucking eye is not done until you're back at your place and no one is coming after you. I mean, it's fine. There's tons of people in Japan that probably want to fuck me up, but they don't know who I am or where to find me. So when I get back to the house, I know no one's going to be there uh, or, or come and get me later. But, yeah, um, man. I mean, that's why yeah, so, that's so, why you're you're our expert in the Far East. Um, we're going to we're going to wrap <laughs> this. Alive. 
Yeah, we're going to wrap this up, man. But um, yeah. as always, you could find the Odysseans articles on SoftRep. Anything else before uh, Jason and I wrap up this show? I know Jason and I can talk for like years about this shit. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so if you got anything else, Jason, just get me back on the show sometime. I got you, brother. <laughs> of course. No doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, man. I'm glad to be on always. And uh, I promise everybody will be writing more soon. <laughs> awesome, man. All right. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Yeah, cool in the gang. Later, dudes. Peace, brother. Well, with that, we got Thanksgiving coming up uh, in the coming week. Hope you guys all enjoy it. I mean, a good gift, I, I think, for someone in your life. If uh, you know, you're looking to get an early Christmas present or something, is always a subscription to Crate Club or a subscription to Soft Rep TV. Uh, so as a reminder for all of those who are listening, for a limited time, you can receive a 50% discounted membership to Soft Rep TV our channel that offers the most exclusive shows, documentaries, and interviews covering the most exciting military content today. SoftRep TV's premiere show, Training Cell, follows former Special Operations Forces as they participate in the most advanced training in the country, everything from shooting schools, defensive driving, jungle and winter warfare, climbing, and much more. Again, you can watch this content by subscribing to SoftRep TV at softreptv.us and take advantage of a limited time offer of 50% off your membership, and that's only $4.99 a month. And if you haven't gotten a chance to check out the SoftRep Crate Club, you're definitely going to want to do that ASAP. It's a subscription to get a box of badass tactical and survival gear delivered to your door every month. Here's the kicker. All of the gear is handpicked and tested by former special ops guys, so you know you're getting quality gear that's going to work when you need it to. Crates we've sent in the past have included gear like custom knives, multi-tools, fire starters, EDC med kits, and other kick-ass stuff. You don't just get great gear with your subscription. You're also supporting a veteran-owned and run company. Plus, our Crate Club subscribers are invited to our annual club party. We had that in Vegas this year. We're going to do it again in January. I'm looking forward to Vegas. To subscribe and start getting your gear, visit CrateClub.us. We also have gift options available. That's CrateClub.us. Awesome hanging with you. I've seen Always. more of you uh, in the past few weeks than pretty much anybody because we, uh, we also had, you know, the Will Cow event we went to. Oh, yeah, I yeah. see you every other day. Because, well, you know, I'm out here. I'm in the streets, baby. You know, I'm really I'm really about my boys when they hook me up with events and opportunities. You know, I, I don't BS. I get, I get to it. Hell, yeah. Well, um, we got plenty of great stuff coming up. Um, and keep it right here. Soft Rep Radio. Uh, spread the word. Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soft Rep Radio. And we're out. Peace. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. For all of the great content from our veteran journalists, join us and become a team room member today at softrep.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep Radio. And be sure to also check out the Power of Thought podcast, hosted by Hurricane Group CEO and Navy SEAL sniper instructor, Brandon Webb.